Welcome to Adulting Therapists, a podcast where two Portland therapist friends discuss what it's like to be a therapist, what we do to take care of ourselves, and meet with special guests to talk about mental health issues, stigma, and more. I'm Emily. And I'm Corey. And we're Adulting Adulting Therapists. Hi, Corey. Hey, Emily. <laughs> so we have a podcast. It's kind of weird. Yeah, this is really weird. It's cool. Um, so, hey, we're hashtag adulting therapists. Um, this is our first ever episode, so this is going to be an opportunity for you to kind of get to know us. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got some listener questions for you guys that we've gotten from, like, Instagram and Facebook, and we're really excited to answer them. Yeah, super stoked. Yeah, Can't so, wait. so uh, Corey, um, how do we know each other? Oh, how do we know each other? Um, so, Emily, you were um, already in progress of your internship um, when I, by some miracle, was hired. <laughs> Who did that? <laughs> um, and I was a bit of a hot mess. I was, uh, you know, a little bit on the anxious side. Looking back, yeah, I might say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tend to run a little um, anxious about some things. A little hot. A little hot. Run a little um, hot. <laughs> may have been told to, to uh, stop stomping around with my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you were there, and you <laughs> we started running groups together. Yeah, and it's really funny, too, that you say that you were running too hot, you know, running too anxious or whatever, because, like... I remember when I first started working there, I was like, man, she's really got her shit figured out. <laughs> you know, like, she, she knows how to do everything. Like, she's got it together. She's just started. And, like... I can be good at hiding it sometimes. Yeah. You were doing great. Yeah. It's yeah. a... It's a, uh, a skill and a difficult... Because then people don't always believe me when I say, I'm not doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, like, maybe at that time, like, we weren't quite, like, adulting. No. As much I was, as like, we are middle now. schooling as an yeah. adult. <laughs> Hashtag middle schooling. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a good place to be. No. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I feel like you've definitely, like, grown into yourself as, like, a clinician, like, over the time that I've known you. And I hope to say the same for myself. I mean, should I lie? Just kidding. <laughs> Wow. I would agree. I <laughs> yeah. would agree, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy because we didn't. We went to the same school, but we did not go to school together. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's crazy to see two people growing at the same time from very different backgrounds and experiences, but making it work, living that life. Yeah, being therapists. Yeah. Getting punched at work. Oh, yeah. Should we mention that we worked in residential? We probably should. Yeah, it's kind of a big part <laughs> of the story. Yeah, so so we worked at a residential treatment facility together, um, which is pretty wild. Um, we definitely have some some crazy stories that we could probably share and some that we probably can't. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, let us know if, like, that's stuff you want to hear about. I know that, like, most of the time if I'm, you know, talking about my experience as a therapist, if people hear, like, oh, you worked at, like, a mental hospital? And then people are like, oh, my God, like, what was that like? And, you know, it's definitely a really interesting experience. Um, One of our themes that we hope to be talking about in this podcast is stigma, and residential therapy and inpatient programs have a lot of stigma around them and a lot of misinformation 
Um, and there's, you know, some programs that are not well run throughout the country. Mm-hmm. So there's a reason that there's some of those mis- that misinformation out there. Right. But like our facility, like run by like Nurse Pratchett, like so good. <laughs> <laughs> JK, it was great. JK, it wasn't Nurse Tragic. No, we loved it. It was probably really loud. We still don't understand how to use the microphone totally, so... That's another theme of our podcast, (laughs) is that therapists are not perfect. (laughs) Yeah. We do not do things perfectly. We make mistakes. We totally make mistakes. We make mistakes with our clients, with our friends, with our partners, with our families. With driving. With driving. (laughs) Um, You know, like, and I think that's, like, like, one thing that kind of came up for me recently, a client... Um, said, you know, because I really like to practice mindfulness and, um, like, I've been doing a lot of, like, Headspace app stuff and a client said uh, um, that she was really interested in mindfulness and I was like, yeah, yeah, me too. And she was like, there was this assumption that she had that, like, I was so far along in my own, like, mindful practice and I was like, man, like, there's this, like, presumption that, like, therapists have it all figured out and I think that... Um, you know, like, we're definitely here to tell you that that is not the case. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we're both really honest about that, I think, in our sessions and with our clients Mm -hmm. about, um, kind of bringing that humanity back to therapy, that we're not just, like, a mannequin sitting across the room from you. Yeah, I mean, it's a really outdated model for therapy, like, in my opinion, like, to, to feel like this huge hierarchy between, like, therapist and client Like, I think, like, a more realistic view is that, like, we're all kind of working on it together. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know, like, therapist boundaries are there for a reason, you know? Like, obviously, during session, it's not really appropriate for either of us to be like, hey, so, like, my anxiety is really bad today. You know, like, that would be really inappropriate. But, you know, acknowledging in the room, like, oh, wow, you're having a panic attack? Like, I've had a panic attack. Yep. Like, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. I know about those stinky sweats. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. You bet I do. <laughs> those heart palps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Easy breezy heart palps. <laughs> There's a reason we know so much about uh, therapy and <laughs> symptoms. And as much as I'd like to say that that's all from a book... There's some life in there. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. You don't yeah. scrape by life without mm-hmm. a few lessons to share. Right. So, like, if you, if you could, um, you know, for our audience. Oh, sure. Uh, like you guys. <laughs> Forgot you were there. <laughs> People that aren't just, I mean, right now, like, listeners, beloved listeners, um, right now we're sitting here in the pod loft in my bedroom uh, with my, my cat. Let's paint you guys a picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so hot, hot pot lo- pod loft. Yeah. Um, with, cool cat. With a cool cat laying on the bed. This cat uh, particularly dislikes me, too, so that's a, <laughs> yeah, a great you might addition. Hear a, hear a howl. Um, to be point. fair, it's because I tried to build our relationship too fast, and I did not listen mm. to his boundaries, mm. um, as I am known to do with animals I want to love me. <laughs> I thought you were going to say with clients. No! <laughs> Just with small animals that I want to love me unconditionally. Yeah, right? Yeah. And most animals do love you unconditionally. That is true. You are lucky with that. Yeah. And now I've forgotten what we were going to talk about. Oh, oh, beloved listeners. Beloved listeners. Beloved listeners. Um, So, Corey, if you could uh, self-diagnose for our listeners, like... Myself? Not necessarily, (laughs) like, yourself, like, you know, (laughs) like, completely and totally, but, like, what are mental health... Um, issues that, like, you struggle with personally? Um, anxiety, 
For sure. Yeah, I get I get nervous about stuff, and it I find um, I find myself freezing a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, like a fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah, freezer. just like I'm just gonna hide in the closet and let's see if it's different when I peek my head. Oh, it's the same. It's gotten even worse. That didn't help. Back right. in the closet. Girl, let's just go back in. <laughs> okay. uh, it doesn't work very well. Mm-hmm. So that's been kind of a lifelong pattern of mine that I'm constantly working to address. Not just avoiding things out of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because that avoidance like makes it so much worse. Like in the mm-hmm. long run. And I'm sure, like, yeah. we both know that as therapists, right? But as people... Oh, yeah. Like, yes, yes, I would like to avoid, please. I would, yeah. Can I order up a slice of avoidance, please? Spicy, be hot avoid, great. please. Yeah. Right? What sauce do you like to put on your avoidance? <laughs> oh, gosh. Maybe <laughs> uh, existential dread. Yeah. Yeah, just, that's a big... You know, like, shake it on. Yeah, just, like, a salt shaker of existentialism. Yeah. A little dash of nihilism in there. Yeah. <laughs> It's a wild slice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, I just, I get a little sad sometimes in the winter with these dark Portland mm-hmm. winters with no sun, and I am an outside person, mm-hmm. and when I can't be outside and go for a nightly walk because it's dark and my neighborhood isn't always safe to walk around at night. Oh, and I have this little fluffy dog who doesn't like the rain. <laughs> uh, it's hard. It's hard to stay yeah. positive. So I got, you know, I got a sun lamp. So a touch of that. Touch of that. Touch touch of the anxiety, touch of the sad. Touch of it. Yeah. Yeah. Introducing Corey. Yeah. This is that's all you need to know about me. Hot slice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I also really like food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three important things to know about me. Yeah. And yeah. animals. You really oh, like animals. Oh, I do love animals. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to collect them, but there's some rules in place about how many animals I can bring home. Mm. I'm at max currently. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe future animal hoarder, you know, like check back, check back. <laughs> check back. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, Emily, what would you say? What are some of the things that you find yourself working through consistently or mm. Um, I think I'm probably like a, a run hot anxious type type as well. Um, I think that I've learned to like disguise it. Mm-hmm. Um, really well. Um, I think that most people probably see the disguise of me being a really productive, like on top of it, type A person. Um, but like underneath that mask is just like anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. <laughs> you know, it's like I gotta get all this stuff done, or else what? You know, like or else what? What will happen? I don't know. Um, but like I always feel like I'm just kind of like, uh, like like my normal baseline is probably like a little jittery. Yeah. You know, just a little, like, ooh, uneasy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what's mm-hmm. going on? Um, we I make think... a good team. <laughs> You're two really anxious friends. <laughs> Corey, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm how are you doing? Fine. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then I definitely say, like, you know, like, a touch of the sad, a touch of the, like, existential. Like, I, I find myself finding it hard to find meaning. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like I said find, like, eight times in that sentence, and I wish I could, like, go back. See, there's anxiety. Oh, my God. What will people think? They'll think that I say find a lot. I would tell a client to work on acceptance. (laughs) (laughs) Don't therapist me. (laughs) Oh, that's one of our other questions for later. Mm. Yeah, we had a lot of questions about, um, like, friend-client boundaries. Yes. Um, That's a big one. And what does, like, a therapist... 
is this like blowing your minds that therapists also have anxiety? Because anxiety is a human emotion. Like we all experience anxiety. Mm -hmm. So part of this myth that therapists are perfect would mean that they don't experience human emotion. How are they going to connect to you? Yeah. They don't experience like this human emotion that we all Mm -hmm. experience. It took me so long too as like a human being to like acknowledge and accept that I had anxiety. Like, I remember distinctly, like, as a young person, like, feeling, like, uncomfortable and, like, mm-hmm. not really having the language to, like, express myself. Yeah. Um, and just feeling, like, moody and, like, jittery and, like, like trying to, like, control things or, like, trying to, like, um, you know, change my environment so that, like, I wouldn't feel so uncomfortable. Um, and I think it took, like, into my 20s to realize, like, oh, my God, like, I'm anxious. Yeah. Like, I'm not just, like moody (laughs) it took me a long time to realize on a similar that I was anxiety and I always thought like oh I'm just not like very smart or very focused Mm. um or you know like it just I just I'm not going to be able to get that done like Mm -hmm. I'm just not one of those people who gets stuff done Mm. um and it took yeah a long time to realize oh that's that's anxiety that says you if you do it you're gonna fail so you should just not do it at all Mm -hmm. and and challenging that thought every day yeah and I mean like look how far you've come with it you know like you went to grad school am I an accomplished person you're an accomplished person you're hashtag adulting hashtag Ah, adulting therapist hashtag adulting therapist I paid some bills today and everything yeah (laughs) I did some stuff that's awesome see you're doing it I know crushing it great responded to emails like an adult so proud of you (laughs) And I'm, like, responding to too many emails, you know, and, like, I will respond to every single email in my inbox or I will die. If we come back to how Emily and I became such good friends, it's because in our internship, well, in our first years together, uh, I would tend to go, ah, I'm not going to be able to get all this done. And Emily would go, I can help. And I would go, great, thank you. She's like, is there anything else that you can get me to do? Because if I'm not doing something, I'm just, like... And then she would do what it would take me an hour and about 15 minutes, maybe less. Maybe it was just like the 15 minutes was like before I checked my email again. And I and then I would go, oh my God, well, she can do it so fast. What's wrong with me? Why can't oh I do it that fast? We have like the reverse types of anxiety, <laughs> which makes us a great team, I guess. You know, great like, it's like, you know, you yeah. know that I'm always going to stress out about something and get it done immediately. <laughs> and then like, I also like have this control thing where if it's like, like, uh, you know, like a group project or whatever. It's like, I just want to get it done. Like, other people aren't going to be able to get it done the way that I want to. Oh, man, I seem like such a crazy person You're that already. Kid. You're that, <laughs> that kid. kid. I know, it's awful. Ugh. I wasn't, like, on a group project. I wasn't the kid that didn't do anything, but I certainly wasn't that kid. I was mm-hmm. like, give me a job and I'll get it done, but I'll do it in the last minute. But it will be good. <laughs> Because no one's going to tell that I have anxiety. I'm really good at hiding that. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Like, it'll get done. I will just cry and do it in <laughs> a short amount of time. <laughs> like oh, the man. morning of not sleeping. Yeah. yeah. It'll be great. You That's, got it done, though. I got it done. You got it done. And no one can tell that I got it done in, in a cry session. Were you always like that? Like, when yes. you were really? Okay. Yes. I was like, always like that. I didn't get, like, crazy, like, maybe it's just, like, my anxiety developing over time, but, like, I didn't get, like, anxious about, like, tasks and stuff until, like, way into my 20s. 
Yeah. I think it was, like, my 20s before, like, ooh, like, I am anxious all the time. Like, yeah, I really grew into it. I was, like, convinced I was going to go to Yale when I was in, like, sixth grade. And I don't know why. don't know why. But I was, like, convinced I'm going to go to Yale. Mm-hmm. And then my freshman year of high school, I realized, uh... I am not going to go to Yale. (laughs) 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 And I I think that's when my, um, my anxiety really peaked was Mm -hmm. because I couldn't just finish things very quickly the morning it was due. Mm. And I didn't like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you had these like long term, more long term like assignments, like stuff you had to do. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I just want to like, you know, I pods were fairly new back then mm-hmm. but I just wanted to put my uh, disc man in plop those earbuds in well no they weren't earbuds they were like those big ones you know what, like the around the back of the oh, yeah. ear ones that, oh like, yeah you try and lay on it uh-huh. and it like cuts off circulation yeah to, like your entire body yeah and they would get like foamy they would get like sweaty you mm-hmm. know because I was anxious yeah <laughs> <laughs> good times Good times. Good times. <laughs> it was really hard to hide back then when you wanted to listen to music. Mm. Um, everyone could see, and you're, you know, you couldn't really walk because your disc band would skip. You can't walk fast. No. <laughs> but then they came out with the anti-skip ones. Mm. Those stuff. were useless. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. Yeah. I digress. So another thing that I've been totally thinking about recently um, is. Uh, personality in therapy yeah and um you know like if you guys don't know us already um and can't tell from the last like what 15 20 minutes uh Corey and I both have pretty strong personalities would, would you say that <laughs> would you I don't I've never been told that before no one's ever told you no oh my god I'm so sorry to be the first oh great <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, like, I think we both are pretty, like, gregarious, you know, like, people, like, you're from Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm from wherever the hell I'm from. I don't know. <laughs> Excuse my language, podcast fans. Um, but I think, you know, like, we're both, like, pretty, like, assertive, um, direct, gregarious people, you know, regardless of our <laughs> state of anxiety. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's this, uh... Like, certainly a expectation that I felt, like, during, like, grad school and stuff that a therapist has to be, like, it's okay. Demure. Like, tell me more. You know, like, <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> just, like, whispering sweet therapeutic yeah, nothings. Yeah, like, just, like, being very, um, flat and yeah. calm. Um, and, like, I don't really see either of us as being... No. Oh, you couldn't see that, but I made, like, a face <laughs> yeah. with a shaking head. We'll, we'll learn to, like, translate our our, uh, our facial expressions into oh, words. Oh, great, because there's a lot of them happening. There's, there's a lot, yeah. Yeah, so, so we both have really strong personalities, and I think, like, I mean, I definitely like to think that that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that clients will, you know, like will like to have a little bit of a different personality, but, you know, like, what, what do you feel, like, do you feel like you have, you've had to, like, change your personality at all to be a therapist, or? No, no, I feel like, um, you know, I, I don't want to change who I am as a person. I think part of being a good therapist is being authentic, 
and being authentically myself and bringing what I bring. And, um, I definitely will like tone it down sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not the Corey hour. This is. So. <laughs> you got to share that hour. Though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's gotta, it's got to be more than just me in the room. Yeah. So, um, definitely tone it down a little bit, but, mm-hmm. um, I think that's part of what people like about coming to see a therapist is that you're with another human, you're with another person. Um, and not just like a recording of someone, you know, there, we don't sit, we don't have people lie on the couch anymore and face the ceiling and someone just kind of write notes and say, yeah, <laughs> tell me more about tell your mother. Me more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I really appreciate when other people are authentic with me. And I think that builds that trust and relationship if they know that, yeah, I'm not like, I'm really not judging you if you're you know, if you let some f bomb slip, like, mm-hmm. yeah, right, I can hang. <laughs> <laughs> and then knowing when to tone it back, like mm-hmm. when that's not what the client wants or needs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, if they're telling me about something that's really difficult or sharing some really difficult emotions, crying, um, I'm not gonna be like crack a joke right then, right? <laughs> you know, read the room. But uh, you know, it's definitely part of my styles is, is always there. My personality mm-hmm. is part of my therapeutic style and I don't know how to turn it off. So I guess I had to make the best of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, I feel like we both definitely, yeah. Like read the room. That's a really good, um, you know, phrase, I suppose. Yeah. Like just like, you know, like knowing when you're with a client that would appreciate like an F-bomb and knowing when you're with a client that would be like really offended, mm-hmm. you know, like picking up on that um, right away is definitely like a skill. Yeah. 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 There's a lot happening in an intake. <laughs> and 95% of it is is like, can I drop an F-bomb? Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> it's like 10%. <laughs> Yeah, right? Oh if, my but gosh. if you want, like, a real therapist moment, it is figuring out, mm-hmm. are F-bombs okay in here? Yeah. Um, I feel and like when are they not, even though I'm comfortable swearing? Like, mm-hmm. when is it not appropriate? Mm-hmm. When is that not going to help this client? Totally. move us along? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's all about, like, I feel like, you know, like, regardless of when our personality comes out or what F-bombs and when, you know, like, we are really, like, trying to evaluate, like, the whole time that we're working with people, like, what would be helpful to them. Yeah. You know, like, it's not about us. It's about the client, and it's, like, you know, there are certain clients that I've worked with that, like, if I talked a little lower, you know, like, or if I talked a little slower, like, that might be helpful mm-hmm. for them. Um, you know, like, I'm I'm always kind of, like, adjusting, like, in the moment. Yeah. Um. But it is really interesting, just, like, the, the presumption that therapists are all a certain way. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, and that's what the internet is so great at, is now, you know, we can look at pictures of, like, the, you know, you find your, your therapist on a website or on Psychology Today or their Facebook or Instagram, right? And you can see part of their personality showing and, like, oh, is this someone that I want to spend some time with and you know I when I think about people I think like do I want to cry in front of you <laughs> and if it's a no like why would I go be right? vulnerable like, like do I want to tell my deepest darkest secrets to this person like yeah no then is this person probably... gonna get like 
you know, mad at me when I show up with, like, some stinky pits because I'm anxious. <laughs> okay, you should probably take care of the stinky pits. <laughs> They're not bad right now. They're okay right now. And yeah. it is a very hot room. And it's lavender-scented stink right oh, now. That's nice. It's very calming because I'm a therapist. <laughs> Very yeah. good. Yeah. How do you feel like um, you do when, when you have a client with a really big personality mm. and you're adjusting? You know, like, I feel like, um, I don't know if I've really had the experience of having a client with a really big personality. I've definitely, like, had clients that are much, like, flatter than yeah. I am. And I always find, like, that's really hard for me because I want to kind of match but it feels, like, not so authentic for me to match, mm-hmm. like, that low. So it's a little, like, you know, I, I feel like I'm kind of, like, treading water, but I'm, like, a little confused about how to engage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like my, my style as a therapist has really changed. I think that, like, when I initially came into the field, like, I felt like, um, like I wanted to behave and act in a way as a therapist that, like, everyone would like me or, like, everyone would... Um, want me to be their therapist or like would get along and I feel like I've really transitioned to a place where I'm like I'm gonna be myself and like I'm gonna attract the clients that I want to work with because I'm being myself yeah you know like I'm not trying to be the demure soft-spoken person there are a lot of people Mm -hmm. who are great therapists who Mm -hmm. are more soft-spoken totally and absolutely and and there's a lot of clients who want to work with those therapists Mm -hmm. and it's so great that we can match people up with with who they're going to be a better fit with, mm-hmm. right? And that doesn't mean that we are the same as all of our clients. There's so many differences, mm-hmm. right? If we all walked the same life, it would get pretty boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, we got to, sorry, that was loud. <laughs> <laughs> we got to be aware of, um, you know, our, our bringing our authenticity and ourselves and being true, Mm-hmm. Because why would you want to go talk to someone about all your vulnerable stuff and they're not being true with you? Yeah. Like they're <laughs> like know. faking it. Like that would be really sad. I wouldn't want I feel like I can yeah. read that. If you're like, you know, bored with me or like holding back, like I feel that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Sometimes not though because I like to talk and I like to hear <laughs> my voice. So sometimes it takes me a few minutes to realize everyone else has checked out. Yeah. <laughs> Is it when you're talking about your dogs? Um, you guys don't like to hearing about my dogs. Do you guys want to well, hear about my dogs? <laughs> Report back. Send us a message if you want to hear about Corey's dogs. They're really good. <laughs> they are really good. They're really good. Um, I can also talk about all of my cats. Yes. My one dog? I don't know. But yeah, clearly. I want to hear more about your dog, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... Happy to, to indulge that one. Uh, my dog's name is Feist. Not like the singer. <laughs> I feel like I always get, like, Faust. No, not um, Faust, not Faust. And then, like, Feist, like the singer. And I'm like, uh, I mean, she's okay. You know, like, <laughs> that's okay. That's that's all right. It's better than Faust, Feist I guess. Feist Broken Social Scene or Feist on her own? <laughs> There's a difference. Ooh, maybe Broken Social Scene. <laughs> Um, yeah, she's adorable. She actually, she sometimes works with me, like, if anybody out there is interested in, like, animal-assisted therapy, um, she's 
adorable. She loves people. She definitely can read the room. Oh, yeah. You know, she loves to snug. She can smell the room, too. So if you have snacks, <laughs> she will find them. <laughs> she will investigate those yeah. snacks. Uh, my dog does not like people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got two, right? You got yeah. you got one, one dog that... Um, you know, Chica needs her own therapist yeah. and possibly some psychiatric medication. You just need, like, the Jackson Galaxy of the dog world, you know? What? Do you know who Jackson Galaxy no. is? No. <laughs> He's, like, a cat whisperer guy. Who, like, oh, yeah, you were talking like, about him. He, carries around his, like, cat toys and, like, a guitar case, and he's got, like, this really cool, like, facial hair situation going on. Yeah. I don't know. I just... Chica's I, your yeah. friend if you take her for a walk. Yeah. Chica's really sweet. She's just, she's like, she wants to protect you. Yeah, she really does. Mm-hmm. She's just, you know, she's really sweet, sweet pup, really good, loving, but she just gets scared. Mm-hmm. She just gets really scared. And the world is really scary when you're little. What if this podcast just turned into, like, a psychoanalysis of our dogs? I wouldn't fight that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we need someone in the room. We need, like, a Steven, like... My favorite murder reference, if anyone gets it. We need, like, a Steven that's like, wrap it up, wrap it up. You've talked about Chica and Missy for too long. What about your cat? My cat could do it. We could could try and figure out a situation. Well, he hates me, so he'll probably just hiss. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, tell tell them about your uh, your 18-year-old dog. Oh, Missy? Missy is just the most... She's a miracle. Every day with Missy is absolutely amazing. She is the most uh, rugged and determined little dog in the world. She's 18. Um, she's blind. She is deaf-ish. Uh, some people would fight me on that statement. Um, but she can't hear very who? well. Who? Who would fight you on it? <laughs> the people who think that Missy can hear when they whisper, I love you, into oh, her ears. okay. I thought you meant there was like a like a horde of people. Like this is what no. I imagined is like a horde of like villagers, with like <laughs> pitchforks and, and like um, that are like she can hear, you know, like raging through like the town square. Yeah, I mean that's what it feels like when I say she can't hear. Um, and Missy, like what, like two years ago, the vet said she had like a couple months to live, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And that was two years ago. And she just keeps on going, and she, she like, takes less and less of her medications. Like, we just find that she needs less and less of them. She's just mm-hmm. perfect. She I just, is perfect. I just love her. I love how she has no teeth, and her tongue just goes like, that. Oh, yeah, she doesn't have any teeth. She still loves dry food, though. Mm-hmm. We have tried to switch her to wet food. Um, she wants that crunch. She, like, her nose works. Her sense of smell <laughs> is on point. <laughs> no pitchforks and villagers no, like no. campaigning against that one. Yeah. So I think you now know the most important things about Emily and I, which is really we're not therapists. We have pets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're just dog moms. We're two That's dog it. moms just trying to live our lives, pay all of our bills. I'm a therapist so I can pay my dog bills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
when clients say you're only in it for the money. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm how like, yeah, times, just to pay my vet bills. How many times have we heard that? I feel like, like as a um, a residential therapist, yes. you know, like that's the thing that we probably heard most, aside from when can I go home? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Was uh, you're just in it for the money? I'm just like, oh my oh, gosh. No, honey, no. No, like honey, no. I wish I was in it for the money. Yeah, we'd have much like more financially secure road ahead. Yeah, I would have All stayed those. a lot longer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Emily and I similarly really liked residential. Yeah. Really, really liked it. Loved it. Um, Loved it. I kind of went, I left kind of kicking and screaming. Like, I knew it was the right choice for me to, mm-hmm. to transition and it was my time, but man, was that hard. I mean, it's, it's like, essentially you're living in a state of trauma yeah. And crisis mm-hmm. um, for the whole time that you're working in res. Um, I don't know, like, I'm sure other people have differing opinions about, um, like, residential and, you know, like, mental health services and all that. But, I mean, the, the the residential program that we worked for was essentially, like, a place for violent children or, you know, like, suicidal children to be. Um, and I think that environment, like, while I totally loved it, I think that it really puts you in fight or flight mm-hmm. more often than you really should be. Or freeze, in or my freeze. case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just hunker down. Yeah. Don't do anything. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. The storm will blow over. That is what a DBT skill, though. Mm. Not hunker down. <laughs> it's just called riding out the storm, not yeah. running around in it. Yeah. We'll talk about DBT later. Oh, yeah, we should. Um. But yeah, yeah I, think, I think both of us kind of left for maybe similar reasons. It's like we really want to be able to do this work, and yet the amount of hours and the time and the commitment, like the emotional commitment of being involved in that work for so long, it's just like eventually you just have this like time bomb of like, yeah. you're done. I wasn't able to be the therapist I wanted to be anymore. Right. I didn't feel like I was sharing my best self. Mm-hmm. And when... When you feel that way, it's hard to, you know, you don't want to do damage. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, our number one rule is, you know, don't do harm to your clients. Mm-hmm. Don't do bad things. Treat them well. And when your self-care isn't able to be done in a way that feels like you're filling your bucket up every day and your bucket's just depleting, it's really hard to, to mm-hmm. live by that rule and to, and to be the therapist you want to be. Right, like when you don't bounce back anymore. Yeah. When you're not like elastic. Because I remember like we'd have so many experiences as like newer clinicians where it'd be like, haha, this happened. Haha. And then it maybe became like, ha, this happened. And then it maybe became became, like, this Uh happened. Oh, this happened. You know, like like, things just kind of cascade down from tolerable to not so tolerable. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's a lot of great people in this world who can keep doing it, and Mm -hmm. kudos to them. They are strong people. Yeah. And I did it for a long... We both did it for a long time. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it was just time to... Time to say goodbye. Time to say goodbye. Time to spread our wings. Start a podcast. (laughs) Leave res. Start a podcast. (laughs) The old story. You know how it goes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely, like, a weird transition, like, going from working with, like, very significantly, like, severely mentally ill clients to working with, um, 
you know, like more normative, you know, closer to the mean uh, clients, yes. you know. It's I like wish people cool. could see your facial expression when you did that. What did I do? It just like really conveyed what you were meaning. <laughs> <laughs> so so therapists, it's very medium. We're very, we're very facially expressive because that's part of therapy is our, is reading, is, is, you know, language is what's happening with my face right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is interesting. I'm being such a therapist right now that I'm reading more into what you're saying Mm -hmm. with your face than what you were saying. I wish our listeners could, could see. What's next? Like live video? Yeah. (laughs) No, because... I'm, like, pretty sweaty right now, so I don't, I, know. Want, I don't want our listeners to see that. If this was a live <laughs> video, like, I don't know if you guys understand just how hot it is <laughs> in this room. Because I had to turn off the AC because we're recording this podcast. Yeah. Also, it's, like, summer in mm-hmm. late September. Yeah. It's wonderful. Really weird. Okay, should we should we get into listener questions? Yes, we started with the, what, the personality. And then oh, we, right, yeah. And then we, we just kind of, sidetracked. We sidetracked. Um, here, I'll, I'll pull up the list. Um, let's see, what about, so the number one question that we were asked, I think, on Instagram and, uh, Facebook and in person was probably, um, you know, like, how do you not become a therapist, like, in your real life? Uh. <laughs> or like how do you not psychoanalyze people like what's the difference between like a friend and a client yeah you know yeah it's it's so funny like I don't find myself doing that very often mm-hmm. until someone asks me and then I'm like why what are you trying to hide from me <laughs> And I'm like, diagnose this, diagnose yeah. that. No, I'm just... No, JK. I don't, yeah. I don't feel like I find myself diagnosing people very often. I might have a hint, and then I'm very quick to add, but I'm not their therapist. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't have all the information. Yeah, and I mean, like, the way that I talk to my friends about their problems is so different than the way that I talk to my clients about their oh, problems. Yeah. Like, Corey, you know, like, if, if you were like, oh, like... You know, Corey is married, so this is a hypo. You know, this is a totally uh, bullshit story. But if Corey was like, "Oh, like the guy I met on Tinder is such a dick," you know, I'm not gonna be like, "Oh, well, what's his family history like? Yeah. Like, what what made him that way?" I'm gonna be like, "That guy sounds like an asshole." You yeah. know, like I'm I'm gonna be Dump on your him. team. Yeah. You know, like I think that like something that's really funny that's developed in some of my therapist friend relationships is like there were air quotes around that by the way oh air air quotes <laughs> therapist friend relationships um, is like the idea of like defining what kind of conversation you want to have with someone yeah like not necessarily this never happens like with my friends but with like other therapists I'm like do you want a therapist right now or do you want like someone who's gonna be yeah. like that guy sucks you know yeah. like. Yeah, we'll say, like, can you just validate me? Can you, like, listen to me rant? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need, like, any real perspective on this. I just need you to tell me this sucks. Okay, here it goes. Mm -hmm. Um, Versus, like, I need you to directly tell me what I'm doing wrong because I need some perspective. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I feel like with therapist friends, like, I'm a lot more communicative about, like, what I want out of an interaction. Um, I kind of wish sometimes my friends were more like that. Because sometimes (laughs) I feel like I, like, tread on, like uneven surface where it's like someone's like oh like I'm having this problem with my boyfriend or you know whatever and I'm like like who do you want right now yeah what like, do, you want? do you want me to help solve your problem or do you want me to be um like the person who's always on your team or yeah. somewhere in the middle and it's hard to navigate because I think sometimes people are like 
you should, like, you're a therapist, though. Don't you know, like, you're supposed to be more helpful. And I'm like, but I'm not your therapist. Yeah, yeah. I'm just being myself, you know, holding my dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Doing dog stuff. Doing dog stuff. Doing dog mom stuff. Yeah. Like. And, like, I mean, like, people who are drawn to the career of therapist usually are people that are probably asking more questions or not necessarily being like, oh, that guy sounds like a dick. You know, like, like we're talking about, like, people who are kind of drawn to the profession might have more of a dynamic view of relationships. So it's like, I feel like I've always kind of been the person in my friend groups and stuff that's been like, well, like, what's actually going on as opposed Mm -hmm. to, like, just kind of taking everyone at their word. Yeah. Yes. Which is hard sometimes. That is, like, a hard part about being a therapist is that you do wonder what's, well, what's the other side of this story? Because there's always more facets to, Mm -hmm. you know, a story that isn't always unfolded when someone is is upset and just wants a listening ear, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But I do find myself being like, well, I wonder what they would say if they were in the room. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah, like, with, like, I feel like with family therapy, like, in the context that we were doing family therapy, it was like, the kid's story, gesturing to the left. Yeah. The family's story, gesturing to the right. Wildly different. And then, you know, like, the truth is really somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You know, like, I feel like the same goes for couples counseling a lot of the time, too. It's mm-hmm. like, there's always two different stories, and it's like, yeah. where's the middle of that? Where's the middle? Yeah. And, yeah, I don't always know, and sometimes I think, you know, it's hard to to, to, to turn that part of my brain off, Um and not try to think about the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, I also find, like, empathy is a big part of that because sometimes mm-hmm. I want to be really mad about something that somebody's done that has hurt my feelings, and I'm like, well, they're going through a lot. Mm. And I'm like, no, Corey, just be mad. Yeah. Like, you're allowed to be mad. Yeah, I without, definitely, like... <laughs> I definitely feel like like I've become more forgiving mm-hmm. in certain friendships and relationships. Yeah, which is, like, a good yeah. thing a lot of times, but sometimes I feel like I, like, therapist myself. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what's the other side of this story? Which is super helpful when I'm being irrational, which is not helpful when I just need to allow myself to feel an emotion. Right, it's really invalidating to you yeah. to be like oh, well, let's consider the other person's perspective, like, right away. It's like, feel your feelings, man. I like feeling my feelings. It's one of my favorite pastimes. Yeah. Yeah. I only like feeling them when they're good. Oh. (laughs) I like, like, wallowing in a good cry. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Or you should teach me your ways. Oh. I can teach you. (laughs) (laughs) Therapist. Therapist. (laughs) That's part of adulting, though. Mm -hmm. Like... I don't know. Being more comfortable with emotions. I used to not be very comfortable with my anxiety, and now that I know what it is, I'm like, ah, I'm anxious. It's what's happening. (laughs) Yeah, like being able to identify it. Yeah, and like sit in it, you know, it's not going anywhere. Just like kick your feet up and wait for it to ride it out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not going anywhere. (laughs) You're right, the more you try and push it away... Uh, yeah. The more it comes back with a vengeance. Oh, yeah. Just kind of got to let it wash over you. Yeah. Like a jerky wave. <laughs> like a bubble bath of anxiety. Ice cold bubble baths. <laughs> uh, we're getting off topic. <laughs> yeah. Did we Where's answer? our producer? Yeah. Where's our producer? Where's the Steven? 
Um, he made a face. Did we answer any of that question? Get back to us, listeners. Yeah. Let us know. If yeah. we didn't, then... If you want to volunteer to be our Steven, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's get a Steven in here. Yeah. Okay, should I look at some other questions? Yeah. Oh, I got one message that was um, asking me about um, just how to access, like, resources, how to get a therapist. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the the concern that I heard from this person was that they feel like it's too hard to find a therapist or that like when you really need a therapist, there's a really long, you know, like wait list for anyone you want to talk to. It's like therapy is not immediate. Um, and I think like to speak to that, like, I feel like the best time to get a therapist is like now, you know, like when, before you're at a crisis. Yes. Um, because the reality is there are wait lists and there Mm -hmm. are, um, you know, maybe you have a limited schedule and somebody is already in that preferred slot and you want to find that fit. You don't want to just go to someone because they have an opening. Um, and I feel like if, if you find someone and you, you know, mesh well with them and you're not in crisis, it's worth waiting out, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you want to take that step before it gets to that point. That's a big kind of thing that I think people don't always realize is that, Similar to, like, when you want to make a doctor's appointment, sometimes there's a wait list, and sometimes mm-hmm. you're going to have to reschedule things to make that work for you. And if you um, want therapy and you want to prioritize that, um, that scheduling piece is, is difficult, mm-hmm. which totally sucks because <laughs> it's something that you want to do weekly, and, like, mm-hmm. that's hard to do. Like, it's really hard to take time off from your really busy life of other super important things like, mm-hmm. you know, jobs, school, um, to do therapy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about you, Emily. I don't, I don't, uh, work all night. I don't have like a billion hours a day. Mm-hmm. I wish yeah. I did. I really do. Yeah. I wish that I had like, I had a time turner like in Harry Potter and the four o'clock hour was just constantly available. Yeah. I yeah, do. Right? I really do. But there's only five, four o'clock hours in a work week. Yeah. Newsflash, I take two days off a week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely like, like I feel like also like people sometimes come in crisis and they expect that I'm going to be able to like solve their problems right away. Yeah, good point. Um, Or that just going, like going into a therapist is going to solve the problem. And I think, you know, the problem exists long before you step into a therapy office and to expect that at an intake when you're rehashing every traumatic experience you've ever had you're going to immediately feel better. I mean, that's just not the reality. I like your answer so much better than mine. (laughs) Mine was very practical about scheduling, and yours was like what the answer, I think, what our listeners wanted to hear. (laughs) I like, well, yours is like so pragmatic. I mean, it's true. Like, you know, like I personally, I work one evening a week right now. Mm -hmm. So like I work late into the night, um, one day a week, but still like those appointments fill up like this and I just snapped. Yeah. You hear it? it? Yeah. That's wild. (laughs) Um, and so like, it's like, I can't, you know, like I only have that spot once a week and people want to come weekly. And so if four people want to come weekly from five to eight or whatever, um, four to eight, then it's like, sorry, I'm kind of booked I know. there. So, so the message of that is, mm-hmm. is um, if you're thinking about therapy, reach out now and start the yeah. process. And there's a lot of great places to find therapists. So 
Psychology Today is a great resource. Mm-hmm. There's also just the internet. Like, you can just type in people's, what you're looking for, mm-hmm. you know, like. For example, like, CoreyAntonCounseling.com. <laughs> SproutTherapyPDX.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, um, just, like, Google, like, anxiety counselor in Portland. Yeah, you can type, yeah. What do you, what do you want to work on? Type mm-hmm. it into Google. The internet is a fascinating place. Um, and you can find some leads, you know. It's pretty, pretty cool. There's also a lot of great resources, like, um, uh, what is it? Like, the online therapy. Like, talk space? Like, talk space, yeah. Yeah, yeah, BetterHelp. Like, BetterHelp, yeah, if you need to talk to someone who maybe does offer more of those hours mm-hmm. um, just in the meantime until you can find your fit, your person that you feel comfortable and that's worth it to schedule that weekly meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always the crisis line. You know, if you are really, really struggling and mm-hmm. you just need to talk to someone, you're worried about your safety or you just can't manage it on your own, calling your county crisis line. Mm-hmm. Google will help you find that number wherever you are. I don't mm-hmm. know it off the top of my head. I don't know it either. <laughs> Once upon a time, I probably had it memorized. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Port- here in Portland, we also have, like, Portland Therapy Center, which is, yeah. like, pretty much my favorite um, listing resource in Portland just because you, um, you can search by a lot of different uh, issues that you aren't able to search for on psychology today that I think are, like, way more topical in our environment right mm. now. Um, like, there's even one that's, like, um, like political trauma, oh, like you yeah, can wow. you can search by just like having feeling traumatized by our current state of affairs. You know, like that's amazing. Um, and like it's a really socially just platform platform platform, uh, which I really appreciate. Um, another thing that you can always do if you see a therapist online and you're like, wow, this feels like it would be a really good fit. But, um, you know, their rates are too high. Like, you can always send a message. Like, most therapists offer a few sliding scale Mm -hmm. spots. And um, I know I I have sliding scale for, like, for students um, and for, you know, like, low-income people or people who are struggling financially just temporarily. Um, It's like, I, I know one of my personal beliefs is that therapy should be affordable for everybody. And, um, you know, like, even if we didn't necessarily have sliding scale spots open, I'm sure we could refer people to... Yeah. You can also, like, if there's someone that you feel like you fit with and they don't have a sliding scale spot open, you could say, okay, like, let me know when you do or I'll check back Mm -hmm. in a few months and see if maybe that spot has opened. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a... Open Path is a resource to... Um, find therapists in your area that do have sliding scale spots open. If you don't, you know, for some reason want to blindly email several people about your financial state, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's another way. The internet has brought so many ways to access services that I think is so awesome, but we don't always know how to get there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So if anybody has any other questions about accessing resources, like feel free to reach out. Um, check out, you know, like Psychology Today, um, Portland Therapy Center, check out our websites because they're really, really awesome and we're really (laughs) awesome, obviously, if you've listened this far. Um, okay, so maybe like one more question. A question that I got on, um, Instagram was, uh, advice on reducing hypervigilance. Whew. So, like, if you don't know already, hypervigilance is kind of the experience of, like, uh, 
that kind of like twitchiness, like looking over your shoulder, like being kind of over aware of your or surroundings, like feeling nervous or like mm-hmm. keyed up. Um, yeah. So how to reduce that feeling of hypervigilance? That's such a loaded question mm-hmm. because the therapist to me wants to know why, what's bringing about that hypervigilance in the first place. Cause I think mm-hmm. my answer would be different. Right. Um, if it's, you know, anxiety, and it's not necessarily rooted in anything, Mm -hmm. I would, you know, my advice is going to be different, or my answer would be different. But if it's, you know, if you've experienced trauma, and there's a reason for that, I think that's part of of talking about and acknowledging where that's coming from. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously, mindfulness is such a huge part of that, being able to learn how to calm your systems down, Mm -hmm. right? Like, our bodies react to to what we perceive as danger, and they send you all sorts of alerts and alarms, you know, like mm-hmm. just buzzing constantly. Um, so being able to tap into how to calm those things back down, you know, what tools and, and things do you know are going to be helpful, and what situations do you know are gonna, you're going to be more keyed up in or mm-hmm. more hypervigilant in, and preparing for it by, like, okay, I know I'm going to be walking into this scenario. This really gets me feeling on edge or hypervigilant. So being aware of, like, taking the time to calm yourself, um, check into your body, tell, listen to what it's telling you, and why is it telling you that? Yeah, like pre-coaching yourself. Yeah. You know, like being like, this is what I might expect. Like, for example, if, um, if being in places, like big crowds, are things that make you hypervigilant, like... I'm totally that way, where it's, mm-hmm. like, um, and a crowded street fair. You know, like, I'm always looking over my shoulder. I just, like, I have that um, mm-hmm. edginess or whatever, kind of shiftiness. Um, you know, like, kind of predicting how you might feel and figuring out what you need to do to feel comfortable in that situation. Is it, like, I'm going to walk on the far right of a path so that I'm, like, kind of, like, against a wall or, like, I'm not seeing as many people, like... Where can I put myself in this crowded, you know, like, say it's a concert. Like, where can I put myself in this room? That, I'm like, in the front of the concert, <laughs> if anyone's wondering. <laughs> I'm, like, in a corner, like, wedged between, like, a wall and another wall. Like, just, like, leaning back into the corner, like, you know, like, there's JK, so many people. I'm to the, like, I'm usually to the, like, right, close, but enough where I can dance. Because you want to see these moves. <laughs> Getting real personal. I know. <laughs> JK, they're not that good. My moves are just like chattering with the anxiety of being in a large room with a bunch of people. I got distracted, but you were you had some good advice. Sorry. My personality got in the way. No, your personality's great. That's that's why we get along. Um yeah, so so yeah, like kind of predicting how you might feel and like making arrangements for yourself so that you're not feeling as hypervigilant as you might. Or, you know, like I don't want to say, like, avoid, you know, things that make you hypervigilant, but maybe, you know, like, giving yourself a break every once in a while. Like, if you're feeling anxious that day and you're supposed to go to this concert and you know it's going to make you anxious, like, you know, like, read your own room. I think it's (laughs) it's important to to find the balance of, like, am I doing this just this one time because I just really, I need to take care of myself versus, like, am I avoiding everything because Mm -hmm. of hypervigilance or anxiety, in which case, like... That's you're not living your best life if you're not doing things you want to do mm-hmm. and acting out of that fear. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways that you can manage that feeling and still do all the stuff you want to do where it doesn't prevent you from doing things. But there is a, um, a like a, a tweet that keeps getting posted where, I don't know, some extremely wonderful woman, human, I don't know who it was, I think it's a woman who posted it, um, was just like, you know, this is your daily reminder to unclench your shoulders mm. and unclench your chest and like take a deep take breath. a deep breath and like you know that you're holding on to anxiety right now and every time it pops up I'm like oh yeah and I like decrease my shoulders from my ears and like take a deep breath mm-hmm. and I'm like oh I was holding on to some unknown tension mm-hmm. um so you know bringing your awareness to that piece mm-hmm. like can be a helpful step in reducing some hypervigilance the answer to everything is, like, I feel like some of these questions are going to be, like, I'm not sure we should have a session about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I can't really tell you that because I don't know you. I don't but know you personally. But. Yeah, yeah. But, like, in general, like, I feel like for me personally, like, mindfulness really helps. Exercise really helps. Oh, that's, like, a whole podcast. Yeah. It's, like, a whole <laughs> Adulting hour. therapists, like, yeah. colon, like, exercise. Exercise, Like, yeah. that'll just be a whole other podcast. It's such an make. adulting thing. It is, and it really sucks. Like, I just really hate it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I love endorphins. I love after I've run. But during the run, I'm mostly thinking about how this is the worst thing that I've ever done. (laughs) I'm usually thinking about what I'm going to eat after I'm done. Ooh, it's a good... Yeah. It's a good thought. Yeah. And I also listen to probably, like, the same three songs on repeat because they've tried and true will get me through a run. Mm. I need some help. If any of our listeners have some good running music suggestions, Corey is open to them. I've got a whole podcast, or podcast, I have a whole playlist for you, girl. Okay. It's really good. We'll chat. It's called Sweaty Slaps on Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) But you know me, it's got to fit like my, like, very particular music taste. (laughs) Are we going to go into that on air? Not today. Not Not today. I think we have to warm up. Get for that. to know us a little bit better first. I'm sure, too sure, much. sure Corey <laughs> will get into her her particulars. <laughs> yeah. So exercise, mindfulness. You know, like pre-coach yourself, set yourself up for success, not for failure. If you're having a crap day. If you've already had a panic ask for attack. help. Yeah. If you have, if you're going somewhere and you're with a friend and you say, "Hey, if I need to take a break, like, can I like tap you on the arm and let you know?" I'm just going to go outside, you know, like you don't have to come with me, but mm-hmm. maybe you do. <laughs> Depends <laughs> what, right. On like what you're comfortable with, but are letting... you saying that you'll go to a concert with me? Oh, you already know the rules. If you go to a concert <laughs> together, <laughs> you have to go to one of mine. <laughs> We've already agreed to this. Okay. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> um, I'm so sweaty, but yeah, you know, ask for help. Take a friend. Mm-hmm. Text someone, like, just letting someone know can take so much out of it. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm just feeling really hypervigilant right now. I'm feeling stressed out right now. I'm really anxious. I'm worried or just kind of overwhelmed and just want to check in for a second. Then I'm going to go back to having fun. Mm-hmm. And, like, this sounds so stupid, just even, like, thinking about formulating this thought. But for me, for some reason, if I literally talk to myself, like, if I'm, like, on my way to whatever situation I know is going to make me anxious, if I'm like, hey, Emily, you're going into this situation, you're going to feel anxious, it's going to be okay, there's nothing to fear, you know, like, you will feel anxious because that's how you're wired, yeah. you know, like, kind of explaining it to yourself, 
Um, like, for some reason, speaking out it out loud instead of, like, thinking it really moves where that thought is in my brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like to say the the thought that I'm having out loud because it sounds so silly when I say it out loud. Oh, I just yeah. kind of laugh at myself yeah. like, okay, Corey, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's clearly going to happen. Yeah. And then, like I, then I yourself. chuckle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it definitely helps, like, just to be able to communicate with yourself on that other level of, mm-hmm. like... You're like, what would you say to a friend? Yeah. Like, what would I say to Corey if Corey was like... <laughs> Do we really want to use that example? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe next time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, or what would you say to a friend? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what you just said. Literally, I wasn't paying attention. Sorry. Or like, what would you say that a friend just said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I just spilled. That's okay. Sorry. Um, I just want to say that, you know, like, this has just been so fun. Yeah. Um, I have really enjoyed answering everyone's questions, and I feel like, like, the outpouring of support that, like, both of us received, um, from, like, friends and families and followers about, um, like, what questions they'd, like, answered, like, I totally love it. Um, you know, I, we're, um, posting this podcast on Anchor FM, so you guys can actually leave your own messages on Anchor FM if you want to, if you have any questions that you want answered or anything you're curious about or if you felt deeply offended by anything that we've said. Please let us know. Let us know. You know, like... We're a work in progress. Yeah, we're all works in progress. We're just trying to figure out how just to do a podcast. Adulting. Yeah, we're just hashtag adulting therapists, like... Trying to make it in this world. Maybe one podcast we could talk about the anxiety around paying bills. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah, but we'd love to hear your questions, suggestions, Mm -hmm. anything that you want to, for some reason, hear us talk about. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know I like listening to myself, so I'm going to keep doing this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or like... You know, if um, if anyone out there is interested being in, a, in being a guest, like, coming up here in this hot pod loft and uh, sweating along with us. It won't always be hot. I, I hope not. Otherwise, <laughs> this could be, like, a weekly, like, kind of, like, religious experience of, like, the sweat lodge, you know? Um, yeah, like, we're totally open to having visitors come on and laugh with us. Um, man, it's just been such a blast. Yeah. Good times. Good yeah. times. Thanks for hanging out with me, Corey. Thanks for hanging out with me, Emily. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Adulting Therapists. To learn more about us, you can find Emily at sprouttherapypdx.com or on Instagram at sprouttherapypdx. And you can find Corey at coreyantoncounseling.com. See you for your next session. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.